getting ready for church. It was on my heart to say this. I want us to, and I say this to myself. I'm not just saying this to you. I say this to myself. I just thought about, and I feel like the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. What do I need to do to be closer to God? And what do I need to do? Now, there's a part God does. But we have a responsibility, don't we? What do I need to do to be closer to God? What do I need to do to be a benefit to my church? Amen. You say, preacher, why do you say that? I'm going to tell you why. Because what we have could be gone in less than 30 days. You realize that, don't you? And I'll tell you what I see happen a lot of times in churches. And I pray it don't happen to none of us here. It happens to pastors. And it happens to church members. Not just members, but it happens to pastors. We come to a place and we love it. God bless it. And the presence of God is what makes this place wonderful. Isn't that right? You take God's presence out, we don't have anything. But we love it. Boy, we thank God for our church. But down through the time, if we're not careful, complacency, apathy, sin gets in our life. Bad spirit, bad attitude. I'm just telling you, it's what's, and I see it all the time. And I've watched good members down through the year. I go to church, man, and you see these members. They, they just stand up and testify. They love their church. They love their pastor. They love everything going on around the church. Go back a year later, and you know what? Sometimes they're bitter. They're sour. And um, they've lost their joy. I don't want to go that way, do you? I'm going to tell you, the older I get, I don't want to get, I don't want to get, I don't want to get, um, I don't want to get grumpy in my old age. And I'm not old. Somebody say amen over here. <laughs> older I get, I want to be sweeter, don't you? And uh, I want to be closer to God. I mean that. And uh, that's the way it ought to be. Our spirit ought to grow stronger as our body grows weaker. Amen. Don't let your spirit grow weak with your body. Amen. And I tell you, that's on me so strong this morning praying. And I said, Lord... If there's anything, and I know there is. I'm not saying it like it, big if. But I'm just saying in a sense, I don't know what in my life I need the Holy Spirit to put His finger on. But if there's something in my life that's holding this church back from being what it can be for spiritually, Holy Spirit, please show me. Show me before Jubilee starts. I want to go into this meeting and I want to get everything I can. I sure don't want to. You know, what if this is the last Jubilee we ever had? I tell you, I want to get all I can. He said, well, what if we're here next year? Doesn't mean we'll have one, does it? Could be gone. And so uh, I want to get what I can. I don't want to take anything at Bible Baptist Church for granted. I'm telling you that as a pastor, I don't want to come in here like it's always going to be this way because it may not be. And so I want to take advantage of what God has. And I just had on my heart to tell you that. I want you to pray about that. And you seek God, and I'm going to seek God. And you know what would happen? I'm going to tell you what could happen. The best days that this church has ever had could be ahead of us. If, we, if all of us, me included, if we searched our heart, and we asked the Holy Spirit to search our heart, and we laid aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset us, we checked our spirits, we checked our hearts, there's no telling what God could do in our church in days to come. What if I'm the problem? What if I'm the hindrance? What if I'm the one holding it? Well, I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about you. What if I'm the one holding this church back? I'll tell you, if I am, I want God to show me, and I want to make it right with God, and I tell you, I want to just care. I want to, I want to die on a battlefield. 
and I want to die with glory in my soul. Can I get an amen on that? I don't want to die backslid on God, and I don't want to cool down. People say all the time, you need to slow down. I'm going to tell you, we need to run scared to the judgment seat. It ain't a time to cool off. It ain't a time to retire. It ain't a time, you don't retire from God. It ain't time to get at ease in Zion. It's time to press on, for it won't be long. Amen. And I want to preach from Isaiah 28, one verse of scripture this morning, verse number, uh, verse number 16. The Bible said, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning to bless this message. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Thank you for these testimonies. Thank you for these songs. And I thank you for this morning for the opportunity to give and the offering. And I pray now that you'd speak to us and through us. And may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. You know, the songwriter had it right when he said, How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord. Another one said, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And this morning in our text, Isaiah mentions here that God said, Behold, I lay in Zion, notice this, for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. Notice this phrase here, a sure foundation. I want to say this morning, I want to preach on the subject, Christ, a sure foundation. Christ, a sure foundation. I'm glad in a world that is ever sinking in the muck and mire of sin and perversion and all types of wickedness, I'm glad you and I that are saved by the grace of God, we have a sure foundation this morning. And when I think about a foundation, I think about first of all that a foundation must be first. Amen? You see, a foundation is the necessary part of the building. It's the part that's got to be laid first. You don't put the walls up. You don't put the roof up until you put the foundation down. Amen. Everything stands and it's built on the foundation. And Christ is a sure foundation. Everything is built upon Christ. Amen. He is the first and the last. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And He's everything in between. Amen. And 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11 said, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus. Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad that He is our foundation and the foundation must be first. If you're trusting anything other than Jesus Christ, you're trusting the wrong person. You're trusting the wrong thing. Religion will not get you to heaven. Water baptism will not get you there. We'll have baptism sometime this spring, but that's for those who've already been saved. Amen. It's not going to wash your sins away. Good works, attending Sunday school is not the foundation. The fact that your mom and dad say is not the foundation. You need to be built upon. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. A foundation must be first. And then a foundation must be firm. Amen. You see, it must be the strongest part of the building. And a foundation is only, a building should I say, is as only a 
is good as the foundation that it's built upon. I'm telling you, listen, the walls may move uh, and the roof may come off, uh, but the foundation's got to be sure. The foundation's got to be first uh, and it's got to be first. Amen? In 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse number 19, uh, the Bible said, Nevertheless, uh, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His. And let everyone that named the name of Christ uh, depart from iniquity. I'm telling you this morning, the foundation that we're preaching about and the foundation that we're standing upon, uh, it's first uh, and it's foremost, uh, but thank God it is firm. Amen? I'm telling you, listen, preachers come and preachers go. Uh, Men live and men die, uh, but the foundation of God, it stands firm this morning. Uh, uh, This church is not built on me and this church is not built upon you. This church is built on Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now I've met people that's come through and you have too. They thought church was all about them. Isn't that right? And they thought uh, that the church couldn't get along without them. Maybe they had deep pockets. Uh, maybe they had good talent. Uh, maybe they had a lot of charisma and personality. And they were fooled by every bit of that, uh, thinking that the church would somehow uh, not survive. I had a man tell me one time uh, he was leaving the church. And I said, well, why are you leaving the church? He said, preacher, if I stay, he said, the church is going to split. I said, well, I said, man, I thought to myself, uh, that's thinking pretty highly of yourself brother Danny uh, because if I left uh, or if I I don't think the church is built on me this morning uh, I know a preacher can split a church uh, I know a church member can split a church uh, but it's thinking pretty highly of yourself uh, when you think if I hang around uh, there's more people that likes me than anybody else in the church Uh, you say what'd you do Uh, I helped him pack up his little canoe uh, and paddle on down the river amen you say I wouldn't say that that's all right. that's why God let me say it Amen. I'm telling you, anybody that thinks a church is built upon them, they're foolish. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, I'm not so foolish. I'm not the smartest person, but I got enough sense to know this. God don't need me at Bible Baptist Church, and God don't need you at Bible Baptist Church. It's a privilege for me to be here, Brother Sean. It's a privilege for you to be here, and our attitude ought to be an attitude of gratitude. It's church isn't built on me, and it ain't going to fold when I'm gone. And it's not going to fold when you're gone. There's been a lot, a whole lot of high rollers that's come through the doors that thought when they were gone the church would go under only to find out it was rolling before they got here and it'll be rolling when they're gone. Amen. I'm glad this morning this earth may shake and this world may quake and the stars may fall out of heaven and the sun may refuse to shine. But the church of the living God It's on a sure foundation and it'll stand the test of time and thank God we're not going under but by the good grace of God just any day now we're going up, hallelujah. We're getting out of this world. Thank God the church is firm, hallelujah, this morning. I don't have anything bad to say about the church and don't have any time to listen to anybody that does. Can I get a witness right there? We don't have, well we do have a 
complaint department. I'll tell you where it's at. It's in the furthest uh, uh, parking lot that we just built. Amen. If you got a complaint, go out there and talk to the prince and the power of the air. Can I get a witness right there? I'm just telling you this morning, it's too much good going on around here uh, to talk about and complain about anything bad. Amen. Uh, You say, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. Uh, Just get in line. Amen. Uh, Because there's things about you that we don't like neither. Amen. Only difference is we're not talking about you. Amen. I just feel like preaching this morning. I I thank God for the church. I I tell you, if you're a member of a church, you ought to praise your church. If you're a member of a church, you ought to magnify your church. Don't go to town and talk bad about your church. Don't go to town and talk bad about your preacher. You say, you're talking about yourself. I know I am. But one day I'm going to be gone. And when I'm gone, you better love the man of God. You better pray for the man of God. You better stand up for the man of God. And when somebody has something to say, hey, listen, you ought to stand up for him. You say, but he's not perfect. No, and you're not neither. Amen. And the only people that ever go around and say, well, he's just flesh like everybody else. They're troublemakers. Y'all still with me, aren't you? Hey, friend, I know I'm wrapped up in flesh this morning. I don't know why I'm preaching this way, but I sure feel good about it. I know I'm flesh. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, you don't look for imperfection, look no further. But that crowd that always walks around and says, well, you know, he's just a man like Eric. Better watch that crowd. They got an ulterior motive. I've pastored them long enough down through the years. Uh, It may be a different face and it may be a a different head, but it's the same old buzzard. I promise you that. Uh, uh, They may have a different countenance, uh, uh, but that crowd's always got to complain. They've always trying to stir up trouble or they're mad because they can't. Amen. Uh, I'm just telling you this morning, uh, uh, thank God for a church uh, where you feel the presence of God. Thank God for the church uh, where you can come and feel His presence. Uh, You know how many places you can to go this morning and not feel the presence of God. I ought to be thankful. We ought to be thankful this morning that we got a good church and can I tell you the church the foundation is firm and the foundation is first. Hallelujah. And then the foundation must be finished. Amen. It must be to the place that nothing else can be added to it or taken away. The foundation has to be finished. And when Jesus was on the cross in John chapter 19 and verse number 30, he cried and said, it is finished. Amen. And the foundation is finished this morning. And thank God the foundation is finished and it must be formed. Amen. The design, the dimensions, the depth, everything's got to be be, be perfect. It's got to be the way it's supposed to be. It must be laid in a manner so that the entire structure when it's put upon it it will be united as it is planned and can I tell you this morning the Bible said in Ephesians 2 and verse 19 now therefore you're no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God and were built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed and together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord I'm going to tell you what's so good about the church uh, is that my friend before the church was established uh, thank God at Calvary uh, my friend the foundation was formed uh, and the foundation was finished uh, and the church uh, is built upon a sure foundation this morning the foundation must be finished and then the foundation must be financed 
I'm going to tell you, anytime a foundation is built, it costs somebody something. There's an expense. There's a finance, financial. It costs to, to lay a foundation. You say, what does it cost? It costs money. It costs manpower. Somebody had to, a foundation don't form itself. There's got to be sweat. There's got to be toil. There's got to be tears. Somebody laid the foundation. Somebody paid the price. And can I tell you this morning, Jesus Christ paid the price. God the Father gave. He gave his son and the son gave his life. I want to tell you this morning, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Amen. It cost God everything he had and it cost our Savior the most dearest thing. He had and that was his own life. In Revelation 1 and verse 18, he said, Behold, I am he that liveth and was dead, and I'm alive forevermore. Romans 5 and verse 8 said, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. John 3 and verse 16, let it grace our ears one more time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus gave his life a ransom for many. He shed his blood. Hebrews 2 and verse 9 said that we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death a crown with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. I'm glad he paid the debt. Thank God that I owed. My friend he paid a debt that he did not owe and the foundation has been financed. Hallelujah. It's been paid for this morning. I'm not working for salvation. I'm not working to salvation. Amen. Victory as they sung this morning. It was won at Calvary. And I want you to see three things this morning concerning Christ. A sure foundation. Notice with me in verse number 16. I want you to see the maker of this foundation. He said, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion. The foundation can be no greater than its maker. Can I get a witness on that? God took it upon himself in this verse uh, to lay the foundation. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation. I want to tell you, my friend, uh, God laid this foundation and a foundation can be no stronger than its maker, the maker of this foundation. What kind of maker is he? Uh, God is an eternal maker, amen? Whatever God does, he does it for time and for eternity, amen? And when God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and man became what? He became a living soul, an eternal life. My friend, but when he sinned in the garden, man would have stayed in that eternal state the rest of his life. And for all of eternity, he would have lived in that sinful state. But God made a way and God had a plan. My friend, when man marred it and when man ruined it, God was still in charge. And thank God he's the maker of this foundation. He had the last Adam. And thank God the last Adam purchased back everything that the first Adam lost in the garden. The last Adam bought it back at Calvary. But Calvary was no accident. Calvary was no plan B. Calvary was not an afterthought in the mind of God. But before the foundations of this world was laid, there was another foundation that was laid. Christ, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of eternity. He was a Lamb that was slain before the foundations of this world 
world. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm glad this morning before God made this earth's foundation, God made the eternal salvation or foundation of our salvation. Before God laid the mud seals of this world, this foundation, God already had Calvary. It was already taken care of. The foundation, the maker. He's an eternal maker. He's an expert maker. God never makes a mistake. Y'all still with me this morning? God doesn't, he doesn't have to do anything twice. There's no cracks in his foundation. You walk through, a, you, you pour concrete and you walk around. Uh, listen, I've heard Brother Sean say it many times. Uh, most men that pour concrete will tell you there's two types uh, of concrete, that which uh, has cracked and that which will. Amen. Uh, over time, it doesn't matter how great the material may be that they're going to use. Uh, eventually, it's going to get a crack in it. It's going to falter. But the foundation that we have this morning, it's laid upon the church, is laid upon is Jesus Christ. Uh, he's a sure foundation because the one who made this foundation he is an eternal maker and he's an expert maker. You can't add anything to salvation this morning. You can't add anything to the word of God. That's why we have these intellectual idiots today that have more degrees than a thermometer could even bear and they think they've got the audacity and they think they got the wisdom to correct the word of God. I'm going to tell you I believe in the inspiration of the scriptures. That means all scriptures given by inspiration of God that means it's God breathed Amen. that means this book is alive but I believe in the preservation of the scriptures I believe this morning that God is big enough to inspire it and he's big enough to keep it and he's big enough to preserve it Amen. and he don't need my help trying to correct it Amen. somebody said you're King James only beyond a shadow of a doubt from the top of my head to the sole of my feet and thank God I'm sure listen you're not going to shake me. You can pull out the Greek and the Hebrew and you won't never even find the originals but you can talk about it all day. I'm telling you thank God I hold in my hand a copy of the unadulterated and thank God the inerrant, inspired infallible a word of God. Hallelujah this morning. They say preacher you're just narrow minded. I'm about that narrow minded. And if you got a slim line we'll get it thinner. Amen. I'm telling you this morning this book will stand won't it? I, don't, I mean, I read different books and different authors and, and I was reading a guy the other day and he, he wanted to correct the King James let's put a big X on the page. Amen. Don't correct the Bible. Don't come out and try to tell me, well, it don't mean this and it don't mean that. I believe it means what it says and says what it means. Amen. And too many men have built their lives on it. It's been tested. It's been tried. It's been proven. Amen. And I'm not joining hands with the devil's side to attack the Word of God. And when you try to correct the Bible, that's what you're doing. Can I get a witness on that? We don't need to flirt with other versions. I don't need an RSV or an ASV or an NIV. I don't need a New American Standard. I don't need a living Bible that's dead, amen. I've got the living Bible right here. It's the Word of God. I don't need the New King James. I don't need the, listen, the ESV, all that kind of mess. It's nothing more than a money racket. But thank God, give me this old book. It's a sure foundation. God did it once and he did it right. Can I get an amen right there? He's an expert maker. He's an elaborate maker. You know anything we do around the church? I believe in saving money, but we're going to do it the best we can do it. 
I don't believe in throwing money away. But if we're going to pitch pennies, we're going to pitch them down at our house. So, but we're not going to pinch them in God's house. Can I get an amen right there? Well, I got about seven. Don't make no difference. We're going to steal. That's how we've always done it. Can I get a witness right there? We're not going cheaper on everything. Amen. Buy cheaper for our house, but not God's house. Amen. Give God the best. Amen. You say you're blowing money. I'm not blowing money and you're not neither. Uh, we're going to give God what deserves. God's house ought to look better than our house. Amen. And listen, God's place ought to look the best. Uh, and we ought to always, that's why we're always fixing stuff up. That's why we're always doing things. And thank God nobody complains about it, but we don't ever want to start that. Can I get a witness on that? I'm just telling you, listen, uh, we want God's house to look best. Uh, we want it to look the best. Uh, we, want it to, uh, we want it to glorify His name. Amen. The maker of this foundation. Notice the material of this foundation. God says in this verse, I lay for a foundation, notice this, a stone. A tried stone. Notice this, a precious cornerstone. I don't know, but I kind of think God mentioned it three times. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Because they're all three in one. I know the emphasis is on Christ here, but you can't separate the Trinity. Amen. What I noticed the first time that God mentions this stone here, talking about Christ, it's a complete stone. Look what he said. Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation. There's a stone. It's a complete stone this morning. It's one entire piece, amen? While other foundations may be messy lumps, uh, they may be made of all kind of different artificial material. They may they take, require a little bit of iron. They require a little bit of sand. They require a little bit of rock. Uh, and they require water. And they require all these different materials. Uh, the foundation the church is built upon only has one material. And it's a stone this morning. And it's a complete stone. It's not a whole lot of stones, amen? When Jesus said thou art Peter that's little stone Petrus uh, he said thou art Peter and upon this rock uh, talking about himself uh, I will build my church uh, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it I want to tell you this morning uh, this stone is a complete stone and this stone it is a considered stone look what he said he said it's a tried stone that means that God knew that this stone would, would stand the test of time it's already been proven it's already been tried uh, thank God listen you and I may falter and we may fail but the stone that we're standing upon it will stand no matter what it is a complete stone and it is a considered stone then God said here in this verse it's a precious notice this corner stone you know the cornerstone is the part of the building that bears most of the load and this morning everything that we believe and everything that we have is built upon Christ. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday that was a hyper-dispensationalist. And he was kept talking about the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, and how that we don't, the local church is the, is the body, is the people, and I believe every bit of that, the local church is the, the, is the body, it's not the building. And he was emphasizing the lack of building. I said, I believe that, sir, but I said, you can't bypass the local church. Can I get an amen right there? I said Jesus died for the church. We've got to be careful how we treat the bride, don't we? We've got to be careful what we say about God's bride. Just because we're in it don't mean He gives us the right to blast it. Amen? Oh, we, we got to elevate the church. We've got to love the church. We elevate Christ. Hey, when you lift the bride up, you lift Christ up. 
Is that right? If you're a man this morning and someone was to come up and insult your bride, that's the same as if they insulted you. If someone was to come up, and I don't mean in, a, in an inappropriate way when I make this statement, don't misunderstand me, but if someone was to compliment your bride, that's a compliment to you. What I mean by that is if they, your bride, uh, if you had somebody over to your house and your bride, uh, she, cooked, she cooked cornbread and uh, she didn't cook it in an iron skillet, you don't say, well, this cornbread's not no good. You know, if it comes in a sheet pan and she cuts it with a pizza cutter, you just eat it and say, whoa, that's good cornbread. It's not the best, but it's still good. Amen. But you don't say, well, I don't eat cornbread out of a, out of a cake pan with a pizza cutter. Not in a cafeteria. Somebody say amen. A lot of people are in conviction right now about their cornbread. You don't say that with, with, the, with her husband sitting there. You don't say a period, amen. I'll tell you what you do. You eat that cornbread and keep your mouth shut other than when you're stuffing it in. Can I get an amen right there? You know why? Because to say something about that, to insult her would be the same as insulting him. I'll tell you, if she comes out and lays that iron skillet on the, on, on the there, and I mean, listen, it's about that deep, amen, and you run, you run something in it, amen, and it comes out like grains of sand, and it's hard on top and hard on bottom, and it's crushed. I'm telling you, said, man, that's some of the best cornbread I ever ate in my life. I'm going to tell you something. She's going to be pleased and her husband's going to be pleased. You know why? Because what you say to the bride, if you compliment her, you've complimented him. I'm going to tell you, I want to be careful what I say about the church. I don't want to put my lips on the church. That's the bride of Christ. And to elevate the church, it pleases God. Amen. Hey, I'm a church man 150%. Thank God, I'm telling you, when I got saved, I got baptized into the church. You say you got baptized into the body of Christ. Yes, but I got baptized into a local, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, King James only, a Baptist church. And I say thank God for the church. Raise my kids in the church. They got married in the church. Amen. I'm saying thank God for the church. Hallelujah. Now if you don't get married in a barn, you don't get married in a field, help yourself. I'm not against it. But I'm just saying, thank God for the church. Boy, I hit a stump on that. I just like the church. Thank God for the church. If I'm going to be a part of a function or a fellowship, I'm going to join the church. I'm not joining the mooses. Amen. My wife's not a morning star. Come on now. I'm not joining the lodge. Not part to be a bit a part of the gooses. Somebody say amen. I'm not going to be a part of some secret committee where they where they they if you tell it they cut your tongue out. I've met a few they probably wouldn't hurt, but I'm not for it. Okay, I'm just going to make that statement right there. But I'm just telling you this morning. Uh, hey, be a part of the church, Amen. Uh, join the church, Amen. You uh, so I just like to float around. Oh, uh, listen, you need to nail your bootstraps down somewhere uh, in a good old fashioned independent fundamental King James Bible believing church uh, because Jesus died for the church, Amen. And them churches you read about. 
about in the, in the Bible, guess what? They were local New Testament churches. I'm talking about the maker of this foundation this morning and the material of this foundation. And then I want you to notice the miracle of this foundation. He said it's a sure foundation. Isn't that a miracle this morning? It's a miracle in the load that it bears. All the prophets, the apostles, the offices, the covenants, the promises, the statutes, the precepts, the commandments, the beliefs, and all the believers, everything that makes up the church, guess what? It's on this foundation. You take away Christ this morning, and we don't have anything. But what we believe about this book is on Him. Amen. Every principle, every doctrine, every conviction, every standard we have, the load that it bears. Isn't it amazing that He can bear every load this morning? He can bear my burden. He can bear your burden. He can bear the burdens of many. He's the great burden bearer this morning. There's a miracle that Christ don't take some of my load, but He takes all of my load. He took all of my sin. He takes all of my sorrow. He takes all of my suffering. He goes through all of my storms, and He does yours too. It's not limited by one generation or one denomination. It's not limited this morning by one nationality of people, but He bears the load. There's a miracle in the load that it bears. It's a miracle in the life that it gives. You know that foundation you're sitting on today can't give you life. But this foundation in verse number 16, it gives life. There's a miracle this morning. What makes this foundation different from all other foundations is the fact that we rest upon it and that it's able to preserve and give us life. Hey, this morning... Not everybody heard the gospel at church. But I'll tell you what the gospel will do. It will bring everybody that hears it and believes it to church. Is that right? He said, well, I know somebody said they got saved, but they never went to church. They didn't get saved. Hey, something in a person when they get saved makes them want to go to the house of God. Is that right this morning? I'm telling you, listen, you may get saved and not know. I heard I was preaching with a preacher just the other day. And he told the story about a a young man that got saved and he showed up at his church on a Sunday night and this young man got saved and he was looking for a church and he didn't know anything about God. He rode the bus at that church years ago and he comes to the church and he shows up. He's about 38, 39 years old now, wife and got children and he started looking for a church after he got born again. What about that? What, put, what possessed him to go looking for the church? He got saved. And the funny thing about it was he visited this church and this church and this church and all of a sudden he remembered that church that used to pick him up on the bus. And he told his wife, he said, let's go back to that church. He said, all these other churches are just kind of dead. What made that young man think that? He had life on the inside. When something's living on the inside of you, you know the difference between death and life. He may have not known a verse of scripture. He may have not uh, listened to a lot of things, but he knew he had life on the inside. And he knew when he went in these churches and they were dead that there was something missing. And so he said, let's go back to that church that I used to go to when I rode the bus. And he went by and guess what? He said, this church is alive. And he joined that church and, and he brought a bunch of people. His wife did uh, on the Sunday after that for their baptism after she got saved. And that Sunday morning they brought 10 young men and the man of God got up and preached and all 10 of them got on the altar and got saved. 
So what brought all that about? Life. And this morning, if you're alive, if you're saved, you love the church. You want to know why people can grow up in church all their life with good godly parents who raised them right and taught them right? Then one day they become a teenager and they buck everything their parents ever taught them. They fight them tooth and nail. And then finally when they get old enough, they break loose and they go out to the world. You want to know why they do that? Their parents did not fail. I've had enough parents sit down and weep and cry their eyes out and say, well, I I must have failed. No, you didn't fail. You're not perfect. Did you do everything right? Why, no, none of us have. But did you fail? No, you didn't fail. Some of them don't have life in them. And as soon as they get old enough, they're going to go out there. Hey, you young people, you listen to me this morning. Make sure you got life inside of you. We'll know if you got life when you get old enough to make the decisions on your own. You can say you're saved, but what are you going to do when you get 19? And you know why that young man's still sitting here today? I believe you're saved. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't tell what's in your heart. Do you want to leave an old-fashioned church? It's not because of me, is it? Not because of your parents, is it? There's life inside of you. And if this church was to go belly up tomorrow, what would you do? He'd go find another church. <laughs> would you find one like this or go find a contemporary church where the lights are down low? And Why would you do that? If your parents died tomorrow, would you stay here? Amen. I hate to, uh, I hate to do an interrogation here, but you just are doing a good job. <laughs> How old are you, Nathan? 19 years old and available. <laughs> I ask you this question not to embarrass you. Okay? You want to get married? Every young man does. I'd be worried about a young man that didn't want to get married. Amen? But you ain't settling for anybody, are you? Now, you don't want to marry an ugly girl. Thank you for your honesty. And guys that say, well, I don't care what she looks like. I just want her to be spiritual. I don't believe that neither. you got a lack of faith to believe God can't give you a good-looking spiritual woman. Amen. Guy told me one day, he said, I want a 10. I said, you better pray hard because you're not a good five. I'm being honest with you. I said, pray, brother, pray. But I said, God works miracles every day, so it's still possible. But hey, you want, you want the right girl, don't you? Why, does he, why, why are your standards so high? You know why? Life. But when you don't have no life in you, you're like, man, I can't wait to get out of this place. I'm tired of Brother Gravely preaching to me like this. Here's the favorite one they like to say. I'm tired of all the rules. Like there is no rules on a job. Like there is no rules in a marriage. Like there is no rules in life. Hey, when you get in your car, young person start down the road, the first sign you pass has got a rule on it. Why is it, come, why is it when it comes to the things of God, people say, 
Well, I just don't like the rules. No, you don't have no life in you. That's why you don't like the rules. When you get saved, all that changes. You don't serve because of rules. You serve because of life. You know, my wife, I come in the kitchen this morning. I didn't know what she was cooking for lunch, but it smelled good. It was in a crock pot. It smelled great. And she got up sometime and fixed it or got it started. But she didn't do that because I put a rule down. She knows I want to eat lunch. (laughs) She didn't get up and do that because I said, hey, I want you to fix lunch. She did that because she wanted to. You see, life... There can be a lot of rules in serving God, but when you've got life, it's so easy to serve Him. Because we're not doing this this morning because we're commanded to. Even though we're commanded to be here, I'm not here because I have to be here. I'm here because I want to be. I really feel like the Holy Spirit could be dealing with somebody this morning. You have life in you. It's not your works, and it's not all the things you're doing. But do you have life in Do you want to do these things? Because I'm going to tell you, can't nobody make you serve God. When you get old enough, you'll be gone. Can't nobody make you serve God. And can't nobody make you not serve God. If you got life in you, you're going to serve God when your parents is gone. When your church is folded. This morning, you're on a sure foundation if you're saved. Can't shake you. Hey, look at me, church. This morning, there is a... A lot of people changing course. And everybody that changes course is not lost. A lot of them has been influenced by people who are. But this morning, if you know what you are and you know what you believe and it's settled in your soul, it'll be settled strong enough that if the dearest friend on earth quits, changes course, it won't shake you this morning because it's what you believe. I tell you, there's sometimes preaching... The devil gets on my back and says, why you got to preach? Why you got to say them things? I'm going to tell you why. Because if we don't, we won't have what we got. Do you realize that? I'm just serving notice. That devil's on my back so bad right now. But I'm going to tell you something. If I don't say what I'm saying this morning, we won't have what we got. It'd be gone, friend. We got we to gotta keep, we got to hold the line in these days. We got to, it's not a time to, to be politically correct. Amen. It's not time to be ultra sensitive. It's time to stand fast. It's time to stand sure. Thank God. I'm, I'm glad I believe what I believe this morning. And I believe it not because I believe it, but because that book says so this morning. And without compromise, without it may come with controversy, but by the grace of God, we never want to change on what we believe. Can I get a witness on that this morning? That's right. Let's stand this morning. Christ is sure foundation. If you need to come, I wonder why heads are about eyes are closed. Christians are praying. I want to give this proposition this morning. Is there someone here to say, Brother Gravely, I'm not saved. I'm not saved this morning. I don't have life. And I want you to pray for me. Would you pray for me this morning? I want to see you get saved. This church wants to see you get saved. Oh, listen to me this morning. You stay the course. You stay faithful to God. You're on a sure foundation. Don't let what you see and what you hear and what others do deter you or change your mind. You hold fast 
You stay with God, no time religion. You stay in an old-fashioned church. You stay King James only. You stand for the blood of Christ. You believe these things because they're right. Because they're not open for debate whatsoever. This book is right. We are right because we believe this book. This morning while others are coming, if you need to use this altar, you obey God while we sing this morning.